Hey guys, James here. Just wanted to let you know that there's a few little audio gremlins on the line during this podcast. It's just part and parcel of what you expect when we're interviewing. You know, we're talking to a lot of people from around the Villa fan base. We're not always going to have the same equipment, great mics or great internet connection. So yeah, um, I'm delighted to have Stevie Green on for this one. Um, we spoke and unfortunately we got a bit of audio issue about 15 minutes into a 25 minute podcast. So yeah, there's a little bit. And there's a few crackle on the line. I could hear him perfectly throughout the recording, and I hope you can too. Um, so without any further moaning or anything by me, here's the podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Holtcast. As usual, I'm James Rushton. And as per usual, I'm joined by another rotating co-host. Last week, we had Ronson Brown from Canada. And this week, I've roped Stevie Green in to help me review Villa. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right, man. I, uh, even better now, uh, we've got you on the show, mate. Uh, Villa Review is one of my favourite podcasts, uh, g- going back down the years. Um, so, yeah, for those who might recognise Stevie, that's because of the Villa Review. Stevie co-hosted the Aston Villa Review with uh, Chris Nee, and it still stands as one of the, you know, a summary in a library of Villa's worst moments and dog days. He closed up shop on that in the spring. Any final thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think... When we started it, we we were the the first Villa podcast. There wasn't another one, so we were just looking to sort of fill a gap, really. And we never once thought that anybody, you know, we'd get so many listeners. Um, but of course, like after five years of the kind of football that Villa had been serving up for us, it it just took its toll. And neither me or Chris could really give it the dedication that we had done before. And you know, it's a shame that it ended like it did. Um, I would, you know, it would have been nice to have seen out the season, but real life gets in the way. Um, and you know, there's a lot of other Villa podcasts out there at the moment, so we really did. You know, we felt like we had nothing to prove. We didn't want to compete with anybody, so we just thought the time was right to to call it a day. Yeah, I mean, following Villa is pretty hard work, so I don't think anyone begrudges you that, really. Um, it does take its toll, um, especially from when I was listening during the relegation season. Those are the moments I can remember most of the podcast right through to the championship season. It seemed to be the same conversations week in and week out, and that's not a negative. It's just how frustrating that whole time as a Villa fan was. Yeah, well, that was that was part of the problem as well. There was only so much we could have said. Um, so we we we, re- we didn't want to repeat ourselves, you know. We we've got different things going on in our own lives that probably required a bit more attention than weekly a weekly therapy session moaning about the terrible football team we support. But you know, it was fun. Um, I think we both, you know, we both enjoyed it uh, for the most part. Um, you know, we're, we're still really good friends. Um, we always will be. So just because the podcast's over doesn't mean that. Well, it's just sort of mean we stop watching a little bit, but that's what the Villa does to you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's far worse clubs to support, only a far worse situations to be in. But uh, these past few years of Villa have been a real drag, especially with all the optimism coming into that championship season. And it was all deflated once again, you know, in typical Villa fashion. I, I, to be honest, I couldn't see us coming, bouncing yeah. straight back up, but I, I would it would have been nice to not being miserable every weekend again. I mean, there was, a, there was two spells when Steve Bruce first came in and then a little another one a little bit later where we looked, when we weren't playing good football, but we were picking up results. And you sort of thought, well, if we can make a play for the playoffs and, and make it just a bit more exciting, then 
I'd be happy with that. But the way it ended was just same old story. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's part of the reason why we can't say so much and we can't think of new conversations about Villa is because it is the same old story week in, week out. And, you know, every transfer window is filling the same holes again and again and again and again. Mm. It never seems to end. But, yeah, uh, we're going to something a little different. Um, you're heading up the IBWM audio stuff now, aren't you? Can you tell us anything yeah. like that at all? Uh, well, we, we've tried a couple of pilot episodes just to, um, you know, sort of get everything right. Uh, but what we're essentially going to do is move into more of a, a documentary focus because we... We feel like that's what the site does well with the written content. So we thought the best way to sort of, um, you know, I hate the word, but uh, align with our brand yeah. would be to do that in, a, in an audio setting. So that's going to be coming very soon. We've, we've the three of us have talked about it. Um, we've, we've got a few ideas down. We're, we're putting the wheels in motion to get them started and, yeah, I mean, it'll be. There should be something by early to mid September, I imagine. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I listened to the few of the pilots, and I think yeah, it's a good direction to go in, especially for IBWM, because you know there are how many you know it's nameless football podcasts, countless football podcasts. Mm. That go just you know indulge on that that weekly roundup of a uh, just football taff. You know what's happening in Serie A, what's happening in Bundesliga. Here's what's happening in the Premier League. I think that's a brilliant direction for you guys to go, and I think you made a real, you know, a really good choice there. Well, it's it's tough, isn't it? Because there are, you know, like you said, there are so many. the The market is so saturated, and podcasts are so easy to yes. do now, and they're so popular. But if you don't have another angle that's that's different to everybody else, then you're not really giving anybody the incentive to to tune in. So it's going to take a bit more in terms of logistics and planning and and execution, but I think, well, you know, well, we hope that the results sort of speak for themselves, but I guess we'll see. Fair play, man, fair play. Well, we'll get into our angle now anyway. Uh, the meat of the matter, Villa thumped Wigan in the Cup midweek with Scott Hogan grabbing two goals to start off a fairly positive game week. Now, I understand that many people can't watch these Carabao Cup in midweek games because they aren't streamed for whatever reason, but does this Cup mean anything to you at all? The League Cup? The League Cup means a lot yeah, I mean, like apart from Liverpool, we're we're the team that's won it the most. Well, I don't know—is that still true? I, I don't even pay attention many. <laughs> but you know, we won it first. We obviously in the nineties when I was growing up, we won it twice in sort of relatively quick succession. So I've always had an affection for it. But um, all these weird sponsors that get get attached to it, I think devalues it quite a lot. And you know, we're at a point now where you're still getting the sort of big five or six teams that are ending up in the final and winning it. So, I mean, the, the state we're in at the moment, we're not going to win it. So I'd rather us not lose to quote-unquote lesser teams. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's you know, like everybody else, it's a good place to blood your kids. So for that reason, I'm I'm quite happy for us to stay in it for a bit longer, yeah. Well, it's quite amazing to see the job that the Football League have pulled on massacring two really good cups. I mean, you have the League Cup and obviously the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Mm. And they've probably fell pretty hard in press. I mean, the Johnson's Paint Trophy or the EFL Trophy, whatever it's called, Checker Trade Trophy. Checker Trade. <laughs> um, that's never going to be the most prestigious tournament. But 
because you know only because of the teams that are playing it. But I've never seen a cup fall from from grace as hard as that. And then mm. you have the draw midweek at China time, um, four fifty. I don't care much about where it is and what time it takes place, but the fact that it's not even televised or broadcast on radio is quite embarrassing. Well, I just think as well if you're you're trying to sell the English game to the the Chinese market, the the League Cup is obviously not the way to go. Um, yeah. You know, if you can't get the better teams in the country to take the cup, the actual cup seriously. I don't know how you expect the fans to take the draw seriously. Um, it was just an utterly bizarre decision. Yeah. I think the less said about it, the better as well. Um, there's no real explanation I can think of that works out in my head <laughs> because I don't think Carabao's Chinese either, uh, either the brand. I think it's Thai. So I, I didn't even until last week, I didn't even know what Carabao was. Yeah. I mean that branding work isn't going very well at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've they renamed the cup. I think they sponsor Chelsea and they've got, you know, they dip their hands in Reading a bit. But, mm. uh, you know, I've not, I've not seen a can of the stuff and I didn't even know it was a can of something. Yeah. Uh, until the the first draw, which was on TV. But yeah, uh, we progress in that and we verse Middlesbrough down the line and we might get knocked out. We might not. That's filler in the cup for you. But uh, going, moving on, we trek down to Bristol now, remove context from this. Um, it's an away game on a Friday night heading down to Bristol. Regardless of Villa's league position, what were your expectations kind of if Villa going to an away game at Bristol? Oh, just not to have our pants pulled down on national TV again. Um, we've really got to get over that because this championship season, there, there are no real clear favourites, yet we remain probably the you know the biggest club in the in the division and we're obviously going to be on TV quite a bit but every time it's just it's just not good and I I really dread it now like you know now even though we're in the championship and watching the games is even more difficult um you know knowing that we're on is it just brings absolutely no comfort because we just can't perform in front of the cameras I mean, yeah, we go back to that first game against Hull and everything was going so well and it felt like, you know, you've banished another curse, that, that curse of the camera. It doesn't turn out that way. I mean, we did well against Colchester, I guess, uh, when it was on our TV, but we can't seem to win away and we can't seem to win when we're on camera. Mm. And these are two massive problems because, you know, Villa with the stature that they are, they're going to be on TV a lot and you have to play half your games away from home. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got a few problems. Um, but it ended 1-1. I don't think that's a real pants pulling down. Um, there are question marks raised over John Terry, CV. What do you think about this signing in general? Uh, you know, um, I'm not, I wasn't against this, the actual signing per se, but there's so much about it that doesn't sit right, you know, giving him the captaincy, um, making, you know, selling Nathan Baker, I think you could probably argue that Chris Samba's arrival would have more to do with that. Um, You know, the defence, the central defensive pairing was was fine last season. Uh, Baker and Chester were brilliant together and I don't really know why you'd want to break that up. I mean, I get it. You, you know, we sign someone like John Terry and you pay that, you pay him that kind of money and he's got that stature and he's got that, you know, he's won it all. He's been there and, and got the t-shirt, but he's not playing well. And what worries me is that as the season goes on, if that still, ca- if that still continues and he doesn't adapt to the league and he doesn't manage to pull his, his finger out, then 
we're carrying a player that we can ill afford to carry and we sold a player who had proved himself to be a decent defender at this level. And the one thing that, that is sort of annoying me is, is this new ter- uh, phrase, short-termism. Yeah. Like, you know, let's be real. We, on paper, we'd have a better chance of going up with John Terry in the side than Nathan Baker. And let's yes. say we do go up. Nathan Baker ain't going to be a Premier League starter at the heart of the defence. Like, let's be real. And neither is John Terry, really. So I can sort of see, I can see the rationale behind it, but I think there is so much about it that just seems like everybody just expected it to work and it's not just worked. And it's not really showing any signs of working just yet. But, you know, saying that we are only three games in, so... I'm not going to get too carried away. I just don't like the way it's it's sort of come about and it's carried on. It feels almost crowbarred to an extent. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, I, like, John Terry hasn't been Villa's worst performer and he's got a lot of leeway for, you know, for reasons beyond me, but I guess it's because of the, just the time he's had in the game, the stuff he's won, being in England. So it's not exactly beyond me, but, you know. But he made some critical mistakes Against, I can remember some in the Norwich game. I can remember uh, there's definitely some in the Bristol one, and I think he's uh, his time certainly at the top of the game is over. But when he's dropping to this level, and does he become more of a hindrance? And then you've got the wage to think about. There's a lot of stuff that kind of worries me about this. And uh, there were rumours come out midweek about him training with Chelsea that were dismissed. But I, my inkling was that that was true that he would go from Villa to Chelsea and. That doesn't stick with me that he's here for much except to prove that he's not done. Mm. And that, that worries me because it's kind of about yourself in that same, that's kind of the thing we wanted to get rid of when we came down. We wanted to cut all that toxicity away, we wanted to cut the individual out and make a team. Yeah. And I mean, John Terry is, you know, captain lead the legend and all that. Uh, but it doesn't look like there's much leadership in this team at the moment. And that's one of the things we bought him for. Does that worry you at all? Uh, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, the, the, I can't remember where I read it, but um, there was someone saying not long ago, you know, when when you've got a player of that stature who's been around for that long and has been such like a massive performer and they, they move to a different club, like, a, you know, a smaller club or a club where the, the money isn't as free-flowing as it, as it is where they've just come from, the routine of things, you know, everything from the hotel to uh, the, the pre-match routine and a manager's style even. Yeah. When they're taken out of their familiar surroundings, these things become much more difficult to deal with. And John Terry, you know, bar a short spell at Nottingham Forest, has spent his entire career at one club who had been very wealthy, very successful. So anything outside of that was obviously going to be a huge culture shock. And to an extent, I'm not surprised that, you know, he's going back to Chelsea for his physio with people who know his body and and his injuries and what it yeah. requires for him to to be at the top level again <clears throat> or perform at his optimum level. <clears throat> and I don't really have a problem with that. And he's only going to be at Villa for a year, realistically. So if he's not bought or renting a house in the area, I understand that too. Um, but you are right. He has been brought in for this very specific reason, and that has been sort of throat, you know, jammed down everyone's throats from the start. 
and it's 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 obviously not going to work out that way and what i'm worried about is that people won't be able to tell him that this isn't how you you know this isn't how you should conduct yourself here right now this isn't you know you need to be here you need to do this you need to do that i don't think anyone's going to tell him i don't think anyone has the balls to tell him it's quite weird when the most senior figure at the club seems to be a player who's been here not three months mm. that's uh, the situation i guess we're on about here so yeah, the Bristol City match finished one-one, uh, largely thanks to a pretty strange goal from Josh Onama. Is this a name you followed in the IBWM one hundred? Is he in it? If he's not, he probably should be. He's pretty pretty special. A bit before my time, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh, he's looked good so far, hasn't he? Really, um, he's really put the effort in, and he's putting the work in, and he, he just looks a, a prospect. Yeah, a real prospect. I mean, we have struggled with prospects at Villa. He's not ours, obviously. He's been learned from Spurs. But it doesn't look like we've had a player breakthrough with something special. I mean, Jack Grealish, uh, you know, jury's still out on him. But um, Josh Anamas coming in and he's performed to a first-team level from game one. Mm. He's only getting better, and I think you can really see the class of prospect there. Well, I thought we, we would go down that route um, anyway and, and, you know, sort of loan a couple of kids from Arsenal or, you know, Steve Bruce has a really good relationship with Arsene Wenger. He's, he's loaned quite a few of his players over the years. And Chelsea have got some really good kids as well. Um, so I'm, I was surprised that we'd, uh, you know, I, I was surprised that we got Anima because I, he's not a player I, I knew much about before he came. Um, yeah. But I'm glad to see that we are doing that. Yeah, exactly. Is it, it does strike me as quite a positive move for Villa. Another good move, Robert Sargras comes into a Villa team needing a little bit of something. Mm. Um, from your knowledge of this guy, is he a game changer? Do you reckon he's got the ability in his boots to uh, do something for Villa? I think he could be at this level. You know, he's he spent a lot of time in the Championship before, and I've, he's always been a player I've liked. Um, yeah. I preferably would would have liked to have got him two three years ago instead. You know, he's was he thirty next month, but yeah, he's not getting younger. He's not getting younger, but he'll bring experience. Um, he's got the ability, obviously, and I think he'll. He knows now that he's he's got to get himself back on track because when he goes back to West Ham, I don't think his his career his future lies there. So he's basically playing for his future, and whether that's with us or with somebody else, I don't know, but. He's coming with something to prove, and and I think with his his experience and his ability, he'll and the players that he's, he'll have around him, um, I think he could slot in really well, and he, yeah, I think he'll do a good job for us. He's certainly not a bad player at all, and I mean, he didn't do too bad at Hull. I mean, they got relegated and everything, but I think he came home with seven Premier League goals for Hull before we moved to West Ham. That's not bad going, especially when he's dropping down to this level. He should mm. shit. Um, I guess we've come to the end of the month now. We're heading to an international break. So uh, I thought time for some awards, maybe. Uh, we've got a player of the month to give out if you want to do the honour, Stevie. Uh, Josh Onama, I reckon. Fair play. Good shout. Um, a few people I could think of that is maybe Andre Green, Conor Hurahan. But yeah, I, I, I can't... Conor Hurahan, actually, yeah. Oh, you changed your mind? Uh, well, he's, he's got four goals, hasn't he? Fair play. Well, you know, don't blame me. <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Josh Allen was a good shout. Andre Green, of course. Um, I, th- I thought John Terry would be in a sh- with a shout before the season started. Mm. Um, he looks like he's going for the next one. Uh, a player must do better 
John Terry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't. Alan Hutton maybe would be mine, but I don't think he's nah, the team at all. Get rid. Just get I rid. Don't like this, him. This Alan Hutton nonsense has gone beyond the joke <laughs> now. And I'm just so sick of hearing his name. You know, yeah, he puts the effort in, but he is pony. He's absolute pony. And I feel bad because he seems like a lovely chap. And I don't want to upset anybody, but he's he's got to go. I mean, we've got how many right backs at the club at the moment? Uh, and I just he's the worst one, and he's his, his time here is done. Yeah, I, I can't not agree. I mean, uh, the cult following of Alan Hunt is quite strange in the fact that you know Villa Twitter is pretty weird and shit most of the time, but when Alan Hunt's involved, it gets downright toxic. You know, there's people that would just blindly support him, and uh, to you know to no end. I know it's it's pretty crazy considering he's in total input of absolutely nothing. I mean, I get that the majority of it is that sort of gallows humour that we got so good at mm. over the, like the last ten years. But um, oh god, I just I'm done. I'm done. Just move him on. It's time. Fair play. Well, I guess that one's answered as well. Then one player for the transfer window coming up. One player that like, you'd move on. Well, I don't, I, well, obviously him, but I also think of Richards. Like fair play. What is going on there? Um, Mika Richards, um, he took a massive... Uh, Steve Bruce commented on his situation, uh, I think it was a few days ago. He said when he came in, everyone was sad because they took a pay cut following relegation. And that was the reason for our really poor form under Di Matteo, is that everyone was still pissed off about taking a massive salary cut. Oh, well, that's professional. Uh, um, <laughs> that is... He's obviously never going to play. Like We've, we've got... Three or four players ahead of him at right back. Um, you can't drop James Chester for him in the middle. He won't drop John Terry for him. He can't play left back. I don't understand why. I mean, I'm guessing we're having real trouble shifting him, but um, I just don't understand why he's still doing it. Well, fair play. And I don't understand what we're still doing here, mate, if everything's still covered. Any final words? No, not from me. <laughs> you're done with Villa this far. This, <laughs> this first chapter's closed and you're done. It's it's still they're still being very tough to follow. And I've dipped in and out. Um I mean I'm hoping it'll get better, but it's uh, there's still a lot that isn't right and I just can't see it being corrected anytime soon. Oh yeah, we won't have uh, any we doesn't look like we're gonna win an away game at all. It doesn't we'll we'll just win at home and you can't get promoted winning nineteen games at home. No. It's not even a given, is it? Considering we're Aston Villa. No, not at all. I mean I think we've got a, a string of games coming up now where we, we've got to pick up some points. I think we can from the next sort of five games we can easily pick up fifteen points. And if we do that, I'll feel a bit better about things and um I'm still yet to make my first trip to Villa Park for the season so I'd, I'd like to do that fairly soon but um, it's just it it seems to be never ending and there's a Villa way of doing things which has never worked and has always seen us fall short and I'd like just once in my lifetime before I turn into an actual genuine old man to see us stop doing these things and, and do things that actually benefit us yeah, it's quite. I, I can't put a finger on anything because every every time you find a reason for a problem, it needs to be snuff it out. There just seems to be another one emerging, and we go mm. in circles and circles and circles. But yeah, mate, I think that's it from us today. We've come to the end of it. We've covered 
mostly everything I can think of. And yeah, I think we're done. We've that's enough filler. We've got a break. Come up, well deserved break from uh, league football. So yeah, enjoy. Uh, I think you're following Wales, aren't you? I am. Yeah. National break. So yeah, enjoy their their qualifiers and have a good time away from Villa. Yeah, thank you. You too. Okay, well, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Catch you in a bit. Bye. So yeah, again, a big thank you if you've listened to all of that. I do apologise about any audio issues. It's something we try and work out. And yeah, Mint Steve did spend quite a while trying to figure out what was going on whilst we were recording live, which isn't the best time to kind of fix audio issues. But yeah, it's something we're getting better at and I hope you're enjoying. Um, please leave comments, like, subscribes and all that. We can find us on Blog Talk Radio, Stitch, uh, Apple Podcasts and of course on 7500holt.com. So please keep listening. Any feedback is appreciated. And if you do want to be on the show, drop me a line like Ronson did in the uh, last episode and we'll uh, get in touch. Thank you very much again. Catch you later. Bye.